Hi, uh, welcome to the, you know, movie butts. Uh, this is a podcast where, you know, we, we do the math um, to determine the best and worst of a certain topic. That math includes Metacritic, Rotten Tomatoes, box office budget, fucking IMDB, you know, user and critic ratings. And we jumble it all together in a washing machine and we spit out some results. Uh, what did we watch this week, Dane? Uh, we watched um, Ducky Sucker and one, um, there will fucking hell. Uh, are you having a, good, a stroke bad, there? Is, good, are you okay? <laughs> no, I was half because Ducky Sucker has like four titles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was rattling through those in my head, but I'd already made the conscious decision to not mention them. It was well, still, you said there will be blood, which I don't think okay, is. Maybe I am uh, having a stroke. <laughs> We watched the we watched the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> I watched There Will Be Blood again. I thought we were just gonna do There Will Be Blood podcast from now on, or I watch it every week. I could do that. I could really do that. Or say something new about There Will yeah, Be Blood. Yeah, I'll just every watch week. There Will Be Blood every week and record oh, an hour so- of talking about it. <laughs> So, so more specifically, we watched the works of Sergio Leone, um, the best being The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, <laughs> and uh, Duck You Sucker slash Once Upon a Time in Ellipses, The Revolution, uh, slash um, A Fistful of Dynamite. Mm. Um, of those three names, which one did you, uh, did you draw liking to? Fistful of Dynamite. Oh really? I like Duck You Sucker. I, ca- I like what a mo- that's a weird name for a film. Yeah, um, I like it until the guy says it three times throughout the movie, and I, yeah. I, 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 I have a particular cringy um, reaction to um, people saying the title of the film in the film. Oh, but doesn't Daniel Plainview tell everyone that there will be blood <laughs> during there will be blood? <laughs> He goes around warning people that there will be blood, yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, I actually made some... Uh, I was a bit uh, a bit restrictive on which uh, films to count for Sergio Leone. He did have a couple of um, proto-films, one being a film about, you know, the Colossus of Rhodes, um, which is some weird Italian epic old film, but it was kind of like not really his project. And uh, he co-directed another film. So we're kind of like limited to the the ones that he's kind of like well known for, you know, the, the Westerns. Yep. Um, the, the, it was quite easy to determine the best. Um, the Good and the Bad and the Ugly is pretty well acclaimed audience and critics through the board. And it made a lot of money. Um, the worst, it was kind of stuck between Duck You Sucker and Once Upon a Time in America. Um but I had to take into consideration that the version that most people are seeing these days of Once Upon a Time in America is very much critically acclaimed. The version that got panned was uh, the version that was cut by two hours because studios are fucking assholes and ruin movies. Yeah, so Ducky Sucker um, now is also in a similar category where it's kind of been gained a bit more respect uh, retrospectively, but at the time it was known as kind of lukewarm Sergio Leone. So it was quite fitting to be the uh, 
the weaker of the two. Um, so I just, first of all, I'm curious as to, um, how did you, how did you watch these? Did you sit them, sit down and watch them in one go or they're quite long films? Yeah, no, I watched, um, one day I watched Ducky's Sucker and then the day after I watched Good, the Bad and the Ugly. Mm, I planned mm. to watch them one after the other, but that's like it's it's a bit of a commitment (laughs) it's a bit of a fucking commitment with those two films and honestly i was Um, kind of exhausted after ducky sucker mm, which i'm gonna call fistful of dynamite from here on in because i don't like that title that much well i'm gonna call it ducky sucker from now in just to be difficult go ahead um so i'm pretty sure we'll know what we're talking about Mm -hmm. um yeah so i think uh, i think we should probably start with the best just because it's kind of the thing we do. Um, what? How would? What's the? What happens? And what's the plot of the good, the bad, and the ugly? Um, so it's about three men. Um, one of whom is a bounty hunter, and he is the the bad. Uh, they have names in the film, but they, they don't really get called them that much. But um, I'm sure we can. I'm sure people will know what we. Yeah, mean he's just when referred we say to the as the bad. The bad. And the ugly um in the spirit of the film um mm. that's lee van cleef isn't it yeah yeah lee van cleef. um yeah and then uh there's also clint eastwood who is the good is blondie blondie <laughs> um and then what's his name i forget his name plays um the actor or the character name either eli walsh yeah cool he plays uh the ugly and um it's it's about like they they're looking for this gold um and it's hard to kind of get into what happens without just basically relaying the plot but it's these three characters who are well like these two the two it's like the good and the ugly are looking for this gold and then Lee Van Cleef is an asshole who gets tangled up into it um and uh yeah and they all hate each other but they can't kill each other for various reasons and uh yeah <laughs> what do you that's i well i that was pretty bad <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll have to say that was that wasn't good i don't um, want to just relay the plot because i'm thinking is like this happens then this happens then this happens yeah well also if you relay the plot of this fucking movie this is going to be a three-hour fucking episode yeah because it's so dense Mm -hmm. there's so there's so much like it's not dense in terms of character it's just dense in terms of plot as in things that happen things are always happening they're always in a new scenario yeah it's almost episodic yeah it it could it this is the this is the kind of film where i think the next time i'm gonna watch it i am gonna break it apart you can do that because easily in fact i was watching this and thinking oh they could make this into a series I hope they don't. Yeah. Well, I, I don't, I don't like personally, I found, I find this film, at least this viewing of it, a tiny bit of a slog. Like Netflix um, picks it up for the, the, the series and Henry Cavill plays Blondie. Yeah. That might happen. Henry, oh, so I was, oh God, I'm, I'm just trying to, who, who's someone better than fucking Henry Cavill that could play fucking. Name anyone. The good. Name anyone. Name anyone. Any person. Better than. Is, what about Jai Courtney? Yep. Oh, 
Jeez. <laughs> I think Henry Cavill's better than Jai fucking Courtney. You think? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, totally. Like, at least he, he can... Henry Cavill can, like, walk around and not say much and get away with yeah, it. Yeah, it's true. At like, least Henry Cavill can just stand there and say nothing and I don't want to punch him. Yeah, Jai Courtney, you just stare at him as soon as and he it's shows just like, up, it's is like, he an actor get him or is out he? Of here. This guy sucks. He looks like he looks like a cast member of Bondi Rescue. Like he doesn't look like he belongs on a cinema screen. Yeah, but like you know not I mean? even the main one of the main people they follow in Bondi Rescue. Yeah, some no. like on um, also works there. So what's your uh, what's your overall feelings of the good, the bad, and the ugly? Um, it's great. Like, it's really good. Um, I just couldn't help... It just... It made me think so much about, like, how... How could anyone sit and watch it these days? I think it it does mm. take, like, a, a real commitment, you know? It's like, mm. okay, I'm going to sit down and watch the good, the bad, and the ugly. You kind of have mm. to turn everything else off put your phone in another room you know and just sit and really commit to this thing but then is it worth it it's like uh, yeah it is and it's unmistakably fantastic but fuck it is very long it is i personally um i i i again i can't at all say anything bad about this film it's just it was i just i I was just finding myself feeling quite lethargic uh at multiple points through the film um last year i actually did a bit of a marathon and watched the entire dollars trilogy right Mm. and after that i couldn't help but find myself leaning towards the middle one you know uh uh a few dollars more Mm -hmm. Um, you get Lee Van Cleef, you get, um, you get his signature style, but you're also getting a film that's nowhere near as bloated and you kind you get the same atmosphere from it. So like personally, I, I find a few dollars more, a far more palatable film. Yeah. Um, this, this film is, this film is epic to a fault. Yeah. I think that the issue for me is right. And again, I don't want to say issue as if like, you know, that it does something wrong. Because it's not. It is mm. what it is, and what it is is good. Um, yeah. But it's just, it's more about, yeah, I was thinking more about, like, how do you sit and watch this? I think you got it right when um, it's like you sit and watch it in pieces. Mm. Or mm. already have in mind that it's um, it, it's not a three-act structure, so it's not a traditional no. film. You're kind of waiting, you know, if you're used to... Uh, how film goes like you know beat by beat it doesn't follow that there are parts of it that really just linger and Mm. it's good but you have to kind of let it be what it is rather than you know waiting for the film to go off in the direction that you expect a story usually to do it doesn't have the same um ebbs and flows as a traditional film it's very much like a film of of its own style you know how people yeah. will like binge watch a tv series it's almost like you have to have that mentality to watch it i think that you're gonna sit down mm. and binge watch the good the bad and the ugly because it's like <laughs> it really reminded me of like a series like it's a series of episodes mm, mm. 
I, I have a uh, yearly tradition. I think I've told you about this before. I've told you about my uh, once upon a time in America tradition. Mm-hmm. Um, once a year, I sit down and watch Once Upon a Time in America, which is like a four and a half hour fucking film. You know, um, there is an audience for things like this, things that, you know, take a while and are longer. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, there, there is a format for that. And, and, I, and I do find it surprising how many people watch TV shows but say they don't have time for film. <laughs> like, it's just like how many I, I know so many people that will sit and will watch an entire season of um, Veronica Mars mm which is longer than this film. Yeah. But, like, bark at the thought of having to watch this. Because uh, you know? th- that shit is so... is built to be consumed like that. It's like, you know, sitting down and watching YouTube for fucking mm. 17 hours straight because, mm. it's you know, it's doled out in chunks. And it doesn't... Mm. It also, it doesn't exhaust you uh, because... Mm. Like, that's another thing about this film, and it's a compliment as well, is that it's very rich. Like, it's so dense and chock full of narrative and character um, mm. that it, it kind of it can be exhausting, but in, in a good way. Yep. Like, you've, like, you've had, like, a good, healthy workout of your brain. Some good sex. Yeah. Okay, sure. It's, like, it's a good... It's, it's good for you, um, mm. but, like... Veronica Mars, it's it's almost like having it as sleep, you know. Mm. Your brain yeah. just fucking the, turns off. I, this I think this is um, the pinnacle in terms of critical and commercial success because I think this is him at his sleekest. Mm. Um, all of the elements that come together for this film, the casting, the production design, the music, and oh, of course the cinematography. It's like. You can't, you can't, I can't fault any of it. No. You know, like it's, it's all so thoroughly exact. Um, no, it's like for, if you're a film school student, this is definitely one that you should study because totally. And, and, and it's and, also but, but a good me, example but, of how, not only how, uh, you know, like the, the cinematography is beautiful. Sure. But like, mm. how does it complement the, the plot? You know, how does it, sure. um, how does, how do all these pieces fit together to form a bigger mm. picture? It's a mm. really good example of that. I, I'm, I'm a weird, I'm a weird case because I, I tend to like things that have a bit of, uh, I like things warts and all, if that makes sense. Like I, I, I have a, a love and appreciation for things that aren't necessarily perfect. Um, I like seeing that. So sometimes when there's something that's just so well done, um, I, it's not necessarily for me, you know, like I can appreciate it from a distance in, in the same way that you like in the way that you're like, it's a good film school film. Like it's good, something to study yeah. because of how it's constructed as for its appeal to me. Um, yeah, this isn't really, this isn't one I will gravitate towards and feel the need to watch on repeat, yeah. you know? Uh, no, I'm just, I'm the same. But it's, yeah, it's weird because I'm sounding like I'm being critical of it, but I'm not. It's it's really good, but I'm not going to keep going back to it. It's like I read Moby mm. Dick once, you know. Yeah, you and don't need to I've, read Moby Dick once. Now I've seen once. this movie twice. It's like maybe I'll read Moby Dick again. Maybe I'll watch Good, the Bad, and the Ugly again. But 
I don't have to, and maybe I don't even want to. <laughs> I think I think this is the kind of film where, like, uh, hypothetically, someone's like, "Oh, um, I haven't watched this. Um, I w- I really want to watch it." And then I'm like, "Yeah, sure, I'll watch it with you." I think that's the next time I'm going to watch this film. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if someone else hasn't seen it, and I want to hear what they have to think about yeah. it, that's. Do you know who? Do, Again, do you if- know who? There's no in between for this film. Is that? Um, I think that this film appeals to people who are looking for something, um, not extremely intellectual. Like it, it doesn't get all. Uh, it's not pretentious. Uh, it's no. it's definitely has. You know, it is an intellectual film in the in the sense that it's smart and it deals with. Um, you know like themes of morality which is kind of what the whole film is about um so you know it's for you know people who are looking for something challenging in that respect you can sit down and and watch this and it's good for that or on the complete other end of the spectrum if you just want to watch some cool pulpy cowboy action Mm. you can sit down and watch it but for the in-between it's probably not your cup of tea. Well, this is uh, the the first person who showed me this film was my brother, and my brother's like a, a, a you know if he hears this he'll probably murder me like literally. Right. He's he's um, the latter guy he, he's I a, mentioned. He's a, he's a he's a fucking killer, you know. Like yeah. um, he was like <laughs> joking. He was that, like, "Hey Joe, you got to check out this cool yeah, cowboy." Yeah, he's movie. like he's like oozing masculinity you know what i mean like you gotta see the good the bad and the ugly you know like, yeah well my my grandpa then- liked these movies who and he just mm. he he liked john wayne that like mm. that type of shit like anything that yeah. was just like the all-american cowboy man comes in and, and shoots yeah. guys and he's the good guy and these were the same things in his collection and he loved this clint eastwood character because he's mm. just like mm. cool cowboy man to him and he didn't understand mm that these films are like mocking that John Wayne bullshit or, or at least mm. um, like deconstructing. They're it. aware of it. Yeah. And they're saying um, like, this is not actually a, a good guy. Like the, the guy who, you know, the good guy in this, they literally call the good is mm. not a good man. He's, a, he's no. like an asshole. My, my partner started watching it with me and I was explaining it to like, to her, like the premise and the background of it. And I'm like, that's the good. And as, as that's being said, he's like leaving someone in the desert to die. <laughs> you know, she's like, how is he the good? Yeah. <laughs> it's well, like, it's ironic. Uh, you, know. you know, he's, he's, yeah. Not. Um, I, I'd like to go back to one of the comments you made earlier. You said that this film is like good for pulpy cowboy action, but also good for like rich themes and stuff. Mm. I, 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 I kind of agree and disagree at the same time. This film is like a, like a really nice big painting. Um, it's, 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 it's rich in detail, but better looked at from far away. Mm. Um, I don't think it has... Um, I don't think it's rich in subtext and rich in themes. I think a lot of the themes are very broad strokes, but I think that helps with the with the atmosphere, you know, it goes along with the very, uh, uh, unique style of it. Like, I, I, you know, this isn't something that I think really needs to be broke apart too much, you know? 
Um, again, you can talk about the morality of the characters and everything, but like, it's, I don't think it's super complex, you know? No, I don't think it's complicated either. Um, Mm. but I definitely think it has, um, layers. Mm. I mean, it's not, it's not so, I mean, like they're not one dimensional characters. Of course not. Of course not. So it's to me like it got me thinking about the morality of man because mm. um so say like the bad at the beginning he he comes into the the film and um is like a a a, a killer like he just kills that dude and he kills some other dude and I think he kills a kid as well. Mm-hmm. Um the reason he does that is because he's a man of his word um which is you know supposed to be a a good trait. Um, mm. you know, you know, so I mean, like, again, it's not complicated, but it's interesting. Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's rich enough. I, I, I know what you're saying. Um, but like personally, I think if you're studying, if you, if you're watching this film and you're studying it, looking for more than what's really there and what's quite obviously visible, I think you're going to be a bit disappointed. You know, it's all it's all quite surface level, but in a good way. It's, yeah, it's not. You know, it's not like a fucking um, I don't know, some other pretentious thing. But I think it um, yeah. I think it hits on um those 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 interesting themes without being pretentious about it. Mm. I think he's mm. a a smart guy who's um. Who's uh who's aware of these things? But he just—he's one of the most visually literate directors I think there is. Like visually, he is so literate, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, he has to be because, um, I mean, the dialogue in the film, in his films, is is very good and well written. But I mean, because they, because it's because of their recording techniques. Yeah, because of like their, you know, their their audio quality and their you know, inability to I don't know, convey performance properly with them having to read dub lines. You mm. can't really just rely on dialogue that much. So he has course, to rely very heavily on visual references, mm. which are just extremely mm. on point. Yeah, they're very they're very matter of fact and yeah, very clear. Um Back to the length of this film, um, I tend to... Watching this film, I realised that I forgot a lot of the th- the last third of the film. Like, a lot of the, the battle and the revolution-y sort of stuff, I tend to have just deleted out of my brain. Um, yeah, I don't know. It just, for me, it goes, it goes from uh, when they're... When they're faking it in the in the army mm. to the end, you know. So I was like, "Wait, what's all this?" Like, I don't know. It's it it is it. I do I do think it's a bit bloated. Also, I'd like your opinion. Do you agree that the bad is a bit secondary in this? Well, yeah. It's like the the film is um again more about like the relationship between the good and the ugly. It's that's the bulk of the film. It's it's kind of I don't want to say it's misleading that the film's called the good, the bad, and the ugly, but the the bad is a bit of a proxy. You know what I mean? Like he has his moments, mm. um, 
but he isn't like I, I wouldn't say he's as a fleshed out of an antagonist or as much of a character as I think he should have been, you know? Right. Well, no, I see him more as um like a force of nature. Sure. Um he sure. he's like sort of he sort of has to exist in the film in the same way like a guy like that has to exist in the world if the good and the ugly are going to exist as well because those two are back and forth between each other and again like they're not personal struggles with morality but they're um you know plot struggles with morality like Mm. you know again how like the ugly is he's like a piece of shit he's like almost like the bad guy but then we see like you know humanity in him especially um Mm. when he's at the that place when we meet his brother and you get Mm. to understand a bit more of like why he is the way he is yeah Um, i and the the bad in himself is a guy who um sort of exists contrary to those characters if that makes sense so it's like yeah that's again like why i felt like what he was trying to say was like these men are all all product of this world and like all that war Mm. shit at the end was meant to be like and this is basically the world and that like Mm. this is this Mm. is why like these guys exist um Mm. yeah i i think i know what you mean what you mean i I still think a lot of that third last third of the movie is a bit superfluous you know yeah um not my i don't know i i i get i i like most of more of the character stuff than the the epic scenes i guess i don't know is there anything specific about this film you'd change that or the and that bugged you about the film no no it's like yeah there's heaps of stuff like it feels really slow but i think that's that's me <laughs> you know, mm. I think mm. any problem that I had with the film is a problem with myself more than anything. It really feels sure. like something that you have to adjust to. Like if if there's anything you don't like about the film, then then you're wrong. I mean, like that's how I felt about it. I was like, no, no, I get- this isn't wrong. I'm wrong. I need to, because it is. It's meant yeah. to be. It everything in it feels so purposeful and well thought out. Do you know, you know mm. what I mean? I, I know what you mean. Uh, I don't know. For me, again, uh, I, I can't really name specific scenes, and I think this that might be a testament to what you're saying about it being me rather than the film. But that last third, I think, could have been a bit shorter. Mm. <laughs> you know? Um, is there anything else you'd like to say about the good, the bad, and the ugly? Um, no. I, I do find it really funny that... Um, it, 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 it feels very pulpy, like even when you watch it and the overall, uh, I think, social understanding of it is that it's almost like a pulp film, but it's, 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 well, it's, well, it's well, really the thing not. Is, well, the thing is, um, Spaghetti Westerns were pulp films. They were midnight cinema sort of films. They were B-films, you know? So th- this guy is a bit of an iconoclastic, uh, like, subversion machine because he's fitting into this genre, but he's not that genre whatsoever, no. you know? No. He transcends it completely uh, into the to a point where, you know, these are spaghetti westerns in form, but they're not spaghetti westerns in 
anything else really. Yeah. You know? um, yeah. And it's all worth it for the standoff at the end, which is um, mm. one of the one of the best things I've ever seen. Yeah. So from the best, the good, shall we say, um, we move on to Dark Yusaka slash Once Upon a Time in the Ellipses Revolution slash Fistful of Dynamite. Um, can you give a plot description for this film, Dane? Uh so it's set during the Mexican Revolution, and uh, the one of our main characters is uh, like a like a bandit, and he has a big family, and he robs rich people, um, and then he meets a, this Irish revolutionary, or he was he was at least in Ireland during the revolution or something. Anyway, he's um he's like a silver miner. And he and he he's, he's a dynamite expert, and he uses that to blow shit up and, and get the silver. And uh, then the he the the Mexican bandit wants to use his skills to rob a bank. Um, and so he ends up going along with him to rob the bank against his will, but it's complicated to get into. But he ends up doing it, and then instead he accidentally frees a bunch of. Uh, rebels and they get tangled up in the um mexican revolution uh kind of like against his will and he ends up becoming like a a a hero against his will it's a pretty uh pretty decent description um i am very curious i've been wondering all week what your thoughts are on this film you know it's okay i think maybe I had the, um, like, the reason why at first people weren't too keen on this film is because it's 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 a bit different and I don't think it's quite up there with his other films. So it's a bit disappointing. I was like, so what oh, did wait. But what did you think of this film? I felt exactly how I think they felt at first, where it's like, oh, it's a bit of a lukewarm Mm. you know offering uh and why you know later on people like actually it's really fucking good it's just not as good as his other films so therefore you know it gets a bit of a bad rap sort of a very high barter shit high barter compared to have like average out all the movies it's one of the best but average it out in his films i think it's one of his worst Mm. So, uh, for years and years and years, uh, Once Upon a Time in America was my favorite Sergio Leone film. And then I discovered this fucking weird-ass film and um, had no idea it fucking existed. You no, know? I Did you know I this existed? No, I didn't either. When you said to me, hey, the, the films we're watching are good, the bad, and the ugly, and duck, you sucker. I was like, what? <laughs> Never heard <laughs> what of that f- shit. So, I was really so, excited. I'm like... I haven't seen this one. Holy shit. And then yeah, so when I, I watched it, I was like, oh, okay. I So I, I love this film. This film is weird as shit. Um, looking, uh, after I watched it, I wanted to know a bit more about it. And I looked into it. He wasn't originally meant to direct this film. Yeah, I read that too. So it was meant to be one of his assistants that he'd worked with for years. And then... Um, the uh, the cast um, 
what's it? Rod Steiger and James Coburn demanded that he that he do the film. Mm. I I have a theory. I I think I think he came in late um, into production. I also think uh, he used that as an excuse to have a bit of fun. Um, this film is. I think he's. It's a bit more experimental, uh, and you tell me if you think I'm wrong. But he's taking a lot more risks in this film than he is in some of his others. Yeah, he and does to, seem to be. And like- to mixed results, some some things aren't great, but other things are so batshit and fucking weird as crap. Mm. I got glee from watching someone like him have fun. I don't know, like, uh, could you could you tell that he was having fun with this? Yeah, there were a few things that stood out to me as being quite bizarre. Um, like, when he, um, I forget what, what the fuck they're doing, but they're basically hiding in this, uh, like, behind this wall, and there's um, a poster of a guy... On the on on the wall, and then he puts his finger between the um the planks, to and to like tear the po- a piece of the poster away so that he can see through. But he just tears away the eyes, mm. and then sticks his face from behind to uh, on the like to see through the planks, and you can just see his eyes up against like the rest of this poster's face, and it's a really funny image. And I was like, it's really weird that that is in the film. You you didn't even mention the whole shot. The the shot starts on this wide shot of these uh, revolutionaries or these Mexican police about to fucking murder all these, like, civilians. And the shot pans around and then slowly goes into the eyes as they get torn away. I don't know. Like, a lot of it seemed like fun. Um, like when he, when he first meets, when he first meets, uh, James Coburn, the Irish guy, it like freeze frames and then says the name of the bank on top of him. And it was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, what the hell is this? You know? And I like it. It just seemed like the, the part where, um, the, like he's on the other side, like he's walked there. They're walking on their, walking on their horses. They're trotting along together on the tracks and then a train comes up behind them. So they move off the tracks, but on either side of the tracks Mm. and then the train goes past. And then once it's, well, once it's gone past, uh, the Irishman is gone. Yeah. So he's jumped on the train and his horse is still just standing there and he's put his hat on the horse. So all that's left is just the horse wearing the hat. And it's so cartoonish in a film that is possibly more serious than any of his others. Like it takes, it's, it's a very serious subject and it's less pulpy than his other films I found. But with, it's like all those less, it's, it's like all those um, pulpy moments have been taken away for something a little more mainstream, but have been concentrated into moments like that, that sporadically appear throughout the movie. Mm. See, what do you, what did you perceive this film to be about? It's like a bromance. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's, 
it's 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 like it's like a bait and switch you know like it, it's setting itself up to look like a film about the mexican revolution but what we get is a love story like a bromance between these two characters you know yeah and and and, and they like sorry go on no you continue and how they what well yeah how they 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 hate each other at first mm. i see it as being about like the mexican who is such a piece of shit at the beginning of the film. Like he rapes a woman at mm. the start of the film. And then at the end becomes like a revolutionary hero. Mm. And so it's like about he's turning into like a good guy mm. and the the relationship between him and the Irishman and how they hate each other at first, but eventually become like best mates. And the the Mexican revolution and all these big epic scenes are just a backdrop. It is just it, it is all just a backdrop, you know. Like um, at the beginning of the movie, the Juan uh, is a is a bit of a piece of shit, but he's not. They don't like he isn't like the bad. You know what I mean? Like he isn't a bad guy. He you can clearly tell and understand why he does what he does. You know what I mean? And they perfectly set that up with a scene at the beginning where. He, he catches a lift with a bunch of aristocrats and they're basically just ridiculing him to his face. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's like nothing he does. I, I, of course, I'm not going to say I justify him raping someone, but I can kind of understand how he is who he is. Yeah, well, he's basically like a fucking nihilist. Like he yeah, you know, if the world everything. treats you like shit, you're going to start fighting back and... It's going to change you. It's going to warp you. And slowly through the film, uh, all this stuff that I think has become a part of him get torn away um, mm. through his relationship with uh, John. Um, and there's that scene where, like, um, they're talking and um, he comments on the on the revolution. Mm. And he says, he breaks it down like his worldview of it is, um, you know, you've got, like, the... the the smart people who read the books, they come and tell the poor people, you need to rise up, you need to go and fight the revolution, uh, and then the poor people die. Mm. And nothing happens to the people who started it, the smart mm. people who read the books. It's mm. like, it's just, we just get killed. And mm. that really stood out to me where I'm like, okay, this guy is fucking jaded. <laughs> He doesn't want to fight for anything. He doesn't like anyone. He doesn't stand for anything. And you kind of, yeah, like you were saying, you kind of understand why mm. he's, why he's like that. Yeah. He isn't, he isn't just a psycho or a sicko. Uh, he's just a product of his world, you know? Mm. Um, I, again, like I, this film is, it's like, it's like a, it's like an underdog story for me in the sense that I, I do have appreciations for things that are kind of forgotten, you know? So I think maybe, yeah. maybe because this film is like my thing and it might sound really weird, but it's like one of my little special things that I don't need to share with everyone. You know, I bring it up to someone and they'll be like, what, what are you talking about? And that, right. you know, that's kind of, I, I kind of like that, that this is kind of, I, I kind of like that this, this film is forgotten, you know? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. In terms of technique, um, I, I have to, I, I have to mention the score. I love the music in this film. 
It's oh, so yeah, I love. It's so batshit. You know, like it's super weird. Like, what about? Um, uh, actually, I wanted to. I wanted to ask you about it anyway. Those mm. flashback scenes, the Irishman's yep. flashback scenes, yeah, which are kind of strange. They are. Way. They're very strange, uh, particularly the but last the music, one. What about the music? Yeah, used lo- in those scenes. I love the like. Like it sounds like yeah. Mr. Sandman. Yeah, it's it's it's. It's again. It go. It goes with the the kind of my my perspective on experimental experimentation. The music's kooky. There's some really weird things in there. Like what was it? What you know that weird what noise that's in yeah. there? Like what is that? <laughs> what even fucking yeah, is that? It sounds like. But, um... but when it's sad, it's sad. Like the the, the music's the music's a, a balance of really kooky weird. I'm on a really weird adventure, but then that same theme, that same tune, can be played a bit slower, a bit quieter, as our main, as the main character is looking at his entire family dead in a cave, and it's effective. Yeah, you know, um, like the 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 risks taken in this film, I think, pay off. Um, where I personally find it lacking is sometimes some bits of the plot are a bit convenient or a bit contrived. Like, can you explain to me how he convinces John to join him? Because I don't know. Who's wait? John's the Irishman. John's the Irishman. Juan is the Mexican. John is the uh, Irishman. He fucks he off. Frames him for murder, right? Yeah, but like, it's so fucking. Re- it's so poorly told and explained and shown. And I've seen yeah, this well, film like four times. That I had with a lot of it is um. And it, it made sense to me after I read that he mm. didn't want to direct it. It's mm. like, oh, okay. Like I said before about the good, the bad, and the ugly. It's mm. such a, it's, it's everything in it is told with such purpose. And like, yeah. he really knew exactly what he was doing mm. within every frame. Mm. This one you could, and that's why I think there's a bunch of the experimental stuff is because he didn't really know what to do. So it was like, oh, I don't know, maybe this. It's not such a concise vision. And so there are parts of the story that aren't effective. Like mm. a crucial plot point is that he's supposed to frame him for murder. And that's what gets him to join him uh, to uh, to rob the bank. Mm. Um, but, but it's so shoddily it explained and shown. Yeah, you know? it doesn't come. And, and I think he was kind of like, I don't really know how to show this oh we don't have time uh this will do people will be able to get what's going on i I didn't and i still love the film you know (laughs) i kind of i kind of just after that scene ends you kind of i'm like oh they're they're together now um i'm gonna accept this because i i I like their chemistry i Mm. i think those characters together and those actors together do a really good job but there's a few things like that that are just like huh what um, I, yeah. what, what do you think? What do you think? Do you think this film was a film about the revolution that became a film about friendship or was this film about friendship that became kind of a bit of a film about a revolution? No, I think it was always about friendship. These two guys. Yeah. 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 No, I, I, yeah, I, I hope so. Or at least. I mean, I'd say that, I'd say that anyway, but I read that, um, by the way, I do know the guy's name. I just don't want to get it. It's Sergio Leone. Sergio Leone. Leone. Sergio Leone, I think. 
Yeah, uh. I was just weird about saying foreign names because it sounded like a fuckwit. But yeah, so he said um, that that's what it was always about and, and deliberately about that mm. because he co-wrote the thing. Yeah. But he just didn't want to direct it. And it was supposed to always be about friendship uh, and the backdrop is is war. Mm, mm. It's the, um, it's and that, just- that comes across just fine. And mm. most of it works really well i find it interesting that the reason you like it is that it's a bit messy yeah like the his other films are just so are just so competent yeah and they're so well put together they're they're like they're perfect like he knew exactly what he was doing it's mm. a vision achieved 100 percent. yeah and this one it's like he's you know colored outside the lines a bit which bothers me, but it sounds like that's kind of what you are, are it, enjoying it, about it. It is. I, I, I just like seeing things that I usually wouldn't see or just seeing a filmmaker having fun. Also, I have to say that the fact that it's about friendship, this might sound really gay, but mm. his other films are, are actually... We can't. Let's not talk about Once Upon a Time in America. Let's put that to a side because that's a bit richer in my opinion. But... You know what I was saying about broad strokes in terms of themes and things like that, um, mm. set to an epic backdrop. Um, the the broad stroke themes and story tend to fit with the epic scope. Where this film, I love that it's a it's a little story in a big setting. Like that to me is appealing as well. You know, like mm-hmm. it's not about morality. It's not about huge epic monumental biblical themes. It's about their relationship and it's to me. And their relationship is affected by these things. Sure. These things that are out of their control. It's like Titanic. This story, this story could take place somewhere else. You know what I mean? Like this this story isn't, this story isn't entirely locked down to the time and place. Um, Yeah, I don't think it's, I don't think it's held down to the Mexican revolution, but I mm. think it's, I think this particular relationship is held, has to be told with the, with, um, the backdrop of war or revolution specifically. Sure. sure. Yeah. Upheaval and such. Yeah. I know, I know what you mean, but uh, again, like it's the, it's the combination of the messiness, the, the, the fun that I had, I, I I laugh a lot during this film as well. Um, I think it's funny. it's pretty funny, um, but also I don't know the the juxtaposition of the the kind of the, the actual story and what might entice someone to watch it and how just so uh, disassociated they kind of are. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that's that's kind of why I like it. It's a little like it's so bizarre to say that this is a little film. You know what I mean? But yeah. but to me it's not it's not as big of an epic as it kind of presents itself. And no, I find that appealing. It's, it's, it's cleverly deceptive in that way. Mm. It's telling a, a little story in a in a in a big huge story. Yeah, and 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 that and, and I guess that that's probably more what draws me to it than the technique, but in terms of the technique, I prefer this to the good, the bad, and the ugly. Good and the bad mm. and the ugly is clinical in its execution and how 
thorough it is. This, yeah, like you said, drawing outside of the lines. Um, yeah, it's, I was thinking it's it's kind of like, um, you know, watching Michael Jordan, you know, take a shot from halfway with one hand over the shoulder, mm. you know, several times and, you know, he misses sometimes and sometimes he gets it. Mm. And when he gets it, it's actually more entertaining than him just nailing three pointers over and over or slam dunks. But, okay. That's a good way know, of putting it. In a real proper game, he would not take those shots. No. But you do have to enjoy the fact that, you know, Leone's taking these shots in this film. And I think I agree with you, but I just, I just have to fall on the side of like, that's why I like it less, not why I like it more. Because I don't like it more. It's a bit messy to me. Yeah. No, I, I, to each their own. You know, I, which is weird. Cause usually I'm the one who's like, yeah, get, I like those fucking weird half shit movies. That well, I showed you my favorite. Doing. I showed you my favorite film, which I hope one day we can talk about, but we probably won't. Um, mm. Phantom of the paradise. Um, I think Phantom of the paradise is a, is a, is a fully realized vision. Oh, of course. It's of course. It's a, a fully, it's just, a, it's, it's just a weird vision, but he's having, I don't think he's, he's having a lot of fun with it. He, he is experimenting in that in Phantom I don't think of the he's Paradise. Experimenting in it. I think he knows exactly what he's doing. Uh, well, we, I think we've got to save this discussion for another time. Um, Cause I want to definitely will have to talk about Phantom. Of the yeah. Paradise. Because, uh, Oh, Oh, uh, uh, yeah, we could, we could tear that one apart. Um, what do you, you, you said you found the, the shots in Ireland quite bizarre. They were otherworldly, weren't they? What did you think of the ending of the film? Specifically um, the scene with the, in Ireland. What? You know, the final scene in Ireland. Do you remember that? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Um, yeah. The flashback. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I did not know what was going on there. <laughs> he's just, he's like kissing his wife or girlfriend. Yeah. And then his friend is just watching them. Yeah. Like, but standing really close and watching them with great enthusiasm. And then he steps away and then his friend starts macking on with his wife. And then he's watching on with enthusiasm and then his face drops and I was like, what? I don't even think his face drops. Does his it face does, drop? Like he's, yeah, he's smiling for ages, but then the smile slowly fades. I. What do you and think? What, what does it mean? I I think that that wasn't a flashback. I think it was like a, a dream representative. Because he's dying? Something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That, that might make more sense because- when I first saw it, I thought it was meant to- I don't think he to- was specifically remembering the time he was cucked. Yeah. It was like a, a like dreamlike representation of- I, I got more of a monage monage toi feel from it. You know what I mean? Not right. cucking. Like I, I kind of, I, 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 got, I got that it was more consensual, but then he started to feel a bit weird about it the first time I watched it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Not, 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 not just pure, pure old cucking, you know? <laughs> it's actually a really funny scene. Yeah. It's just so, it's just so bizarre and out of place, but I, I thought about it more and, and it's maybe right at the end of the film. I know. I know. I'm it's <laughs> so weird. 
I think what I've thought I've tr- I've thought about it a bit, and I think maybe it's trying to give context to how their relationship kind of ended up the way it did, mm. with him turning him in and all that. But it's just at such a clunky point in the story, it just comes across as surreal and like. Like you said, it it's like more of a pipe dream than it is a uh, than it was real, you know. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I don't know whether it was real or not. I don't know that one. Kind of that one kind of froze me as mm. it was happening, mm. and I was just. And then the scene ended, and the movie carried on, and then it ended not long after that. Yeah, and the ending, like the very very ending, is quite beautiful. Um, but I just found myself still thinking about that dream sequence. <laughs> I was like, it's so bizarre. Just like, what? Um, so the, the actual ending is, uh, John blows himself up. Um, and one yeah, shoots a bunch caught. of, yeah, shoots a bunch of other salt revolutionary soldiers. And then he barrels the camera and says, what was it? What about me? Is that what he says? Yeah. Yeah. That's. What does it? What do you think that means? Like, what am I gonna do now? Yeah. Who am I? Yeah. Who am I like, now? Because he's forever changed. Would you say? Yeah, and his family's gone. His friends gone. Yeah. Yeah, and he's like, okay, well now, because he starts to then by by the end of it, he's now defined by his new friend and the revolution. Mm. But he's alone now. Now he's alone. Mm. So he's like, what am I gonna do? Mm-hmm. Who am I? Who am I? Who are you, audience? Think yeah. about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, do you have anything else you'd like to say about Duck You Sucker slash Once Upon a Time in the Ellipses Revolution slash Fistful of Dynamite? It's worth watching for that final weird cucking dream sequence. Oh, actually, actually, I got to throw one more thing in there. Never ever has a character been introduced in a better way than in this film how many right. times have you seen a film where a ca- when all of a sudden you just see explosions in the background and then you're just <laughs> introduced to a, a dude riding a motorcycle just throwing dynamite just for the sake of it you know like yeah. that's the coolest intro any character could possibly wish to have you know yeah yeah anyway I um to agree uh so oh, what it's are your- good what's that it's definitely it's definitely a good film yeah i just wanted to say that yeah it's not it's I, it's e- it's easier for me to talk about a film like this than it is the good, the bad, the ugly. You know what I mean? Like, mm. if we ever have to talk about Pulp Fiction, I don't know what I'm gonna say. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Um. So, what what are your ratings for these two films? Um, I'm giving Fistful of Dynamite uh, a seven out of ten because. While it's really good and it is fun to watch Sergio Leone and um, what's his ass? Who's the composer? It's like Marek. Mari- uh, well, Moriarik. Uh, oh, my God. Why, why the fuck am I forgetting this now? Um, Ennio Morricone, I think. Yeah. yeah. He's experimenting too. Mm. You know? And that's that's interesting to watch, but it's a bit, it's a bit messy um, and it's quite long so it might not be worth it but yeah seven out of ten and uh the good the bad and the ugly gets 10 out of 10 i think that's a perfectly realized vision and it's a timeless masterpiece mm. 
Uh, for me, Good and the Bad and the Ugly gets 9 out of 10 uh, farts. Uh, I I think, again, 10 for me has to enter a different... Like, like really has to touch me on, like, a thematic personal level for me to give it a 10, if that makes sense. So, from mm-hmm. out of pure excellence, it gets a 9. Um, and I'm begrudgingly giving Duck, You Sucker an 8 out of 10 farts. Even though I prefer this film... Um, I can't look past its inherent issues in terms of I think I think it's scene transitions. I think like I think the main issue is like some some of the transitional scenes are very clunky. It's it's kind of like rushed to get between the set pieces. Um and yeah, as a result I'm going to have to give it 8 out of 10 farts. Um yeah. Um I think it's my turn to recommend uh, this week, Dane. Okay. Um, so I'm recommending lead films that the lead actor is Rowdy Roddy Piper. <laughs> so uh, the lead acting uh, workshops and exploits of a professional wrestler because I don't get to talk about wrestling. So uh, this is kind of my the closest I can get. <laughs> How many films did he do? Well, he's been the lead in two. So I'm kind okay, of so I'm, that's what which, okay yeah so so I'm kind of cheating. He's been in a bunch of films, but he's only been the lead actor in two. Uh, uh, what is it? Hell came to Frogtown, which I have only ever heard weird things about, and of course uh, I didn't even know it existed. Did you look it up? Are you going to look it up? Nope. Yeah. Um, oh, it's, well, yeah. Well, I'll obviously watch it. Yeah. But I've never heard of that before. Do you like the name of the film? It sounds kooky, doesn't it? <laughs> cool name. Very cool name. And then, and then, of course, They Live, which um, you've seen. One of my faves. Yeah. They Live's awesome. Anyway, uh, this has been Movie Butts. Thanks for listening. Bye. Yep. Bye.